Welcome to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Hi there, and welcome to the Thrive TV Show. I'm Lauren Parsons, well-being specialist, and today I am joined by the Time Queen, Robin Pierce. Welcome, Robin. Hi, Lauren. It's great to be with you. So fantastic to connect with you. A very exciting topic today. We are talking about getting a grip on time. And this is something that was going to help every single listener today to be able to boost your productivity and just have more fun in life. So we're going to be talking about how to carve out quality time to recharge in our frenetic world. A simple way to plan and prioritize. And you're going to hear the Time Queen's four best tips for time mastery. So just to get to know you a little more, Robin, I'd like to start with our this and that questions, if that's okay. If you're ready for a quick fire round. Sure. Fantastic. So tell us, would you choose Scrabble or chess? Scrabble. Scrabble. Nice. I hope it's a chess. <laughs> <laughs> beach or mountaintop? Definitely beach. Yes, I know you, you live at the beach. Wonderful. Would you rather go a month without your car or a month without the internet? I'd rather go months without the inter- uh, without the car. I can when I'm travelling. I often have no car, and it's easy. <laughs> nice walk everywhere. Lovely. Uh, hot drinks or cold drinks? Oh, cold wine, red wine. Thank you. <laughs> red wine. Order up for exactly what you want. Singing or dancing? Singing. Singing. Logical or creative? Uh, well, a mix of both. Um, okay, I'll pick creative. <laughs> creative. Nice. And would you rather go on a popular pre-made travel tour or build your own itinerary from scratch? Definitely build my own from scratch. Nice. Fantastic. So Robin Pierce, for over 27 years and known around the world as the Time Queen, has been sharing her experiences and knowledge about life and time management with countless clients and readers around the world by her speeches, workshops, online courses and her nine books. She learned her subject the hard way through years of raising six kids, single parenthood, and then a highly successful real estate career. Time management throughout that time was her biggest challenge. But the good news is she won, and she now shares those lessons with people all over the world. And with 17 grandchildren herself, she needs them all to keep herself on track. And I just want to share for our listeners that Robin is actually also my wonderful mother-in-law, and I'm so blessed to have her in my life. She's such an inspiration to me. So I'm married to Robin's youngest son, and three of those 17 grandchildren are my daughters. So it's especially nice to connect with you, Robin, and share your wisdom. Oh, Lauren, you well, I just think you're fantastic, and it's wonderful that we can share this whole world of, of um, helping people with their self-development needs actually we, we do have so many things in common don't we we do it is amazing and yeah I'm really excited so can you just share a bit of your story and how you got started and what oh. you're doing now share that I mean share give us a brief view overview of that story absolutely um people often say well what got you into time management and the truth of it is I was bad at it I, I seriously was I used to be always late for things kicked out of important meetings because I was late it really did happen. And, uh, yeah, I was just a bit of a disaster. A friend eventually one day, many years ago now, said in some frustration, for goodness sakes, Robin, go and get a decent diary. And that really, Lauren, was the beginning of the journey. Um, it was a big surprise for me about a year or two later when people started asking me for help. I'm going, me? You know I'm always late. I said to the first lady that asked me for help. 
And uh, she said, I've watched you and you understand the principles. So it was really by getting that first diary, starting to study how to improve my own core skills. I think that's why I have such sympathy and empathy for people who are struggling because I so have been there. <laughs> That is it. I think that's the huge power of what you teach, Robin, is that it's not that you've just always had it organised and that it's been easy for you, that you actually know what it's like to face the challenges and you've overcome it. And that's what makes all of your advice so practical and so useful. So how do we carve out time for ourselves in this frenetic pace of life, life that we live? The, um, it's, it is really comes down to a matter of planning, Lauren. Um, a lot of people have a bit of an idea. Well, everybody goes to work with a sense of what they have to do for the day. But you would be surprised in all the 27 years that I've been working, I haven't yet found an organisation where everybody in the, in the organisation is organised, uses a diary well, has a good clarity about how to do things. Instead, the reverse is so that so many people struggle with their time, feel overloaded, are stressed much to do, um, frazzled in the brain and fragmented and how to overcome that. Really the big one is to learn um, how to plan and prioritise. On my website I've got a, a free report which anybody can get at any time, that's gettingagrip.com and I go through the, the overview of planning and prioritising. So in this short conversation that we're having now we won't have time to fill into great text on it of course but People can go and get that from the website at, at any time. It's just on, on every page on the website, um, on the right-hand side, you'll just see a little box to request to get uh, how to master time in only 90 seconds. So okay. That would be big guidance would be get that, study that a bit more closely than um, just us talking now and, and really start to master prioritising. Okay, so can you give us just an overview of what are your keys around planning and prioritising? Where do people start? Oh, sure. Okay, there are four key elements that we need to have a coverage on if we want to have good time. One is, um, first of all, knowing what our goals are. I call it the big picture. What is it that's really important to us? Because if we're clear about that, then we can push back and use the really powerful little word called no. Yes. <laughs> coming at us are really not appropriate for where we want our lives to go. If we haven't got good clear goals, we are less capable of saying the appropriate no. So that's the first section. The planning and prioritising is the second, and I'll come back to that in a second. The third element of this is, um, is the tips and techniques, how we can be more efficient. And the fourth one is what I call sanity gaps, which is making sure that we're blocking in time for that recreation, that um, rest and that recharge, that work-life balance. If we go back to planning and prioritising, which is the second element, um, there are four keys there. First of all is understanding, truly and deeply understanding the difference between urgent and important. Because it's so yes, easy absolutely. to washed in on all that urgency going on. I mean, you have them in your life as little girls. I have them, I've got a sick friend at the moment, I've just had um, others of the family staying with me for an extended time. There's always, we've all, in our busy lives, we've always got lots of things going on and knowing what is most important, having that clarity. Uh, the second thing in this section is um, 
is understanding the difference between urgent and important. And not only, um, oh, sorry, so I said that, proactive. It's developing a proactive focus and, um, and really um, making sure that on a regular basis we're blocking in some proactive activities, some things of long-term value that are going to make a significant difference in our lives, that we're blocking something proactive in every week. The methodology to do that is with the other two tips and the other two elements, and they are all discussed in that little free report that I mentioned. Um, weekly planning, if we are on a weekly basis, we're blocking in, making appointments with ourselves for, for these proactive things. And the, third, and the fourth one is the, um, is the daily planning, which we might expand on shortly. Mm, fantastic. So just to pick up on one of the examples that I share sometimes when I talk about this, the urgent versus important, which is such a powerful concept. And it's something that I use on a daily basis, constantly throughout the day. I'm thinking, what is the most important thing right now? And I know that's on one of your weekly planning sheets, that question what's the best use of my time right now, because that's all we can ever do really is focus our time, is thinking that often those things that fit that box, the things that fit that category of non-urgent yet important, things that are really important in our lives, things like our health and our well-being, our self-development, our relationships, it's never urgent to go and eat a carrot and it's never urgent to go for a run. It's never urgent to go on a date with your husband or spend time with your children playing. It's never urgent to go and finish that module of your course that you've been working through. But it is important, isn't it? And I think you've hit the key there, which is to plan and schedule time for that because, because there's no urgency with it, it can sometimes just not be done. And then we have poor relationships, poor health. You know, we stifle our career. And it's just so doable once we block out and plan that time. So you've got any more practical tips to drill into that for someone listening, thinking, how do I make that time happen? Absolutely, Lauren. And one thing I'll say before I get there is that I think one of the things we get um, sucked into very easily is the um, is almost a sense of guilt by putting time aside for things that don't have the longer-term value. Like, for example, I went for a walk this morning there are a hundred other things I could have been doing, but I've now made health for a long time now. I've made health a, a really high value. And so you just have to mind, mind check, I think, and just say to yourself, this is actually okay for me to walk at whenever that time is. So that, yes, that, um, you and I are on the same page absolutely with that one. Um, some, some key tips. So how to... Some specific ones for carving out that time is, apart from the blocking the time, which we've talked about, um, another one is, it, it, because time, it's not just time management we're talking about, it's energy management. And what are we doing to preserve our energy? So this might seem unusual when we're talking about um, fitting more in, but in actual fact, I really encourage people to think about having what I call a do-nothing weekend on a regular basis, about every six weeks or so, actually shutting down everything, cut off the social media, leave the phone at home if you can, um, if you can go away. And one little, uh, two little stories actually very quickly. Um, one um, woman many years ago on one of my courses said that on the Thursday night, they had a family, they found they were really super busy all the time. They would go back to work on a Monday, 
and get a rest because the weekend was so busy. And they thought something's wrong with this picture. So they decided to have about every six weeks, have one of these do nothing weekends. On the Thursday, they would fix, they would do all the things they needed to do. If it was washing the required, mow the lawns if necessary, fill up the car with gas, um, do the shopping, whatever they had to do. They'd get that done on the Thursday. On the Friday, they'd either decide to stay home and just kick back, or they would get in the car and they would go driving somewhere. Wow. Well, have a relaxed weekend. Sometimes they didn't even plan where they would go. They just went with the wind. And, um, and then they would get back home on the Sunday night. Everybody felt so much more rested. And the second little illustration, similar to that, I was sharing this with a group of practice nurses in a big medical um, conglomerate one time. And one young woman laughed. She liked that little story that I'd just shared. And she said, we do that, but we don't have the money to go away because we're a young family on a budget. So what we do is we tell our friends to go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and the then there's vacation. That's right. They, they shut the gate. They pulled down the blinds. They put the phone on. Um, they had a landline at that stage. They put the phone on, answer the phone. And then they would get, the kids would play out in the backyard because they did have a big yard. And anyone that wanted to just pick around in their pyjamas all day or read a book all day and be totally slothful, they did. And she said it was the most rejuvenating um, thing that they could have possibly done. And it could have been cost a penny. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful, isn't it? Because so often we just constantly are on. We're switched on all through the week, all through the weekend. I know as a busy mum with netball and activities, and like you say, mowing the lawns, getting the jobs done, we do need to recharge. We, we are very vigilant at recharging our phones, aren't we? But we're not always and taking that time and that's why I love to run retreats as you know because it gives people a chance to unplug unwind hopefully be able to switch offline of all of the connections that we have and it does make a significant impact to how we feel and we then feel refreshed to go back and dive into those things we look forward to them more you know absence makes the heart grow fonder <laughs> and it's so important to do that and I actually love the idea of doing a staycation if you see you know that there's no housework to be done, maybe you switch off the internet perhaps and you all buy some good books and give yourself permission to do that because you know it will recharge you to come back and be more highly productive and effective and connected following on. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I know that you said you've got four key tips for time mastery, so I'm really excited to hear what these four tips okay. are. Okay. Um, I... Um, obviously, I've got books of tips, but when I'm um, speaking at a conference, of course, it typically has to be condensed down to an hour. And there are um, there are consistent ones that people come up to me sometimes years later and say, I heard you say such and such, and it's changed my life. So the, um, the four that I think are my absolute top ones, number one is, um, is what I call the one to five. Now, this is talked about in that free report that I've mentioned but it's on a daily basis, writing down everything you want to do for the day in no particular order, then um, just itemising the top five. Don't worry about, there might be 20 things on the list, just hit the top five. Some people will say even just hit the top three, but it, um, I like five, it's sort of got a nice feel to it. And number the one through to five, start at number one, do not go off it until you've finished it or gone as far as you can, then on to number two and so on through the course of the day. When, they, um, it, when an interruption comes in, because they will, 
is say to yourself, is this more important than what I was working on or not? If it is more important, deal with it, put the other work aside, deal with the new thing that's come in, but then go back to your pre-ordered list. If, on the other hand, the new thing that's come in is not as important, put it on the list and don't let it push away the higher value task you had already quietly decided to do. Yes, and then you've already got it written down on the list, so you're not going to forget it. You can just leave it there and know. Exactly. Yes, and there's more to that story, but that'll do for a quick summary of that one. The next one is um, get ready first. And people say, now what on earth does that mean? It means at the beginning of the day or even the night before, um, get everything lined up for the things you're going to be needing to do for the day and then carry on with the other work that you have to do. So. Um, if you've, got a, if you've got a meeting at 2 o'clock, for example, at the beginning of the morning, get prepared for that meeting and then carry on so that when it comes time to stop and go off to your meeting or get in the car or whatever, you are actually not scurrying around at the last minute. Also, behind that point is to set a little um, an alert. These days, our phones make it so easy so that it prompts you. As I did today, Lauren, because I'm in the middle of something and I knew that it was at the appropriate time I needed to be talking to you. So I just did a quick little alert on my phone and it rang 10 minutes before I was going to go online with you. That's fantastic. Okay. And actually, can I just add to that? This yeah. is something that is life-changing and I constantly think of this, especially in the moments when I've not followed Robin's advice on this. <laughs> and yet again, it's time, you know, whether it's in a work or a social thing, perhaps it's time to go to the social event and I suddenly go, oh, you've got to leave. Oh, I've got to leave now. Oh, but I was supposed to take a plate. Or, oh, but I was supposed to wrap the present. Oh, I was supposed to do something else. Whereas if I had just done it first thing in the morning when I got up, then I could have been ready. You know, often if it's a work thing, it's, oh, I was supposed to print out the notes or the minutes. And it's so often that we then end up rushing around for those few extra minutes and we end up just a few minutes late when we could have easily just gotten ready first, followed Robin's fantastic advice, and then continued working on, and I do actually, I'm the same as you, I have lots of alerts in my phone, recurring timers that I can just continue working, and I've got a timer that goes off that says, time to pick the kids up from school, time to get ready to go to church, time to wake the kids up, because I do an early morning power hour first thing in the morning, and the power of that is incredible. And I know it's Robin that you first said to me, a small amount of structure allows a great amount of freedom. And uh -huh, I- you've got that one down, <laughs> Right, Lauren. Yeah, it does. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And and that leads to another one, which is what you've just said, actually. So so get ready first. But the another one, so particularly the people who are chronically late for things, and we both know and love my son Morris. Tendency for this fun, and we have had lots of laughs about it. Is don't do the one last thing. Yeah, I'm guilty of that as well. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll just hang this washing out. Oh, I'll just... Yeah. As soon as you, you're just about to go out the door and you think of one more thing that just really ought to be done, I will 100% guarantee that if you do that, you will be late. It's just always happens. For the people who, by nature, are always wanting to squeeze in that one more thing. The irony is we do that because we have been efficient. And how do I know this so well? Because for years I lived that way. And that was my natural way of being. And so I was constantly always late for things. Yeah, oh, that's, trans that's transformation. I think what's really key is that 
both of those tips together just help to reduce a whole lot of stress. And I think improve our uh, manners and our patience and our safety on the road, potentially trying to get somewhere when we realise actually I should have been five minutes before and now I'm trying to make it up on the way there and my stress levels are going up and I'm worried. So we can just actually relieve all of that by just doing these two small things. Get ready first, don't do the one last thing. I can remember many years ago um, going down to um, Sauronga it was actually to run a seminar, doing a big series of, of seminars for one of the banks all around the country. And on this particular day, I got there like three hours early because I, with fog in Auckland, I had anticipated that I may have to drive. And in actual fact, it was a lovely clear day. I was able to fly down. Um, I'd allowed the time um, because of the possibility of driving. And there was this immense sense of freedom and no stress. And you know, when you get those opportunities and something like that has happened, to support ourselves in making that a regular way of being is to notice those feelings when it's right and really anchor those feelings um, because it's, it's part of retraining our our neurological thinking actually on it and I can still remember this is many years ago now but I can still remember that amazing sense of freedom that I was so prepared <laughs> just Fantastic. I love it and that is so powerful that picturing how you want it to be and when that does eventuate reminding yourself of how good it feels how great it is to be early you might even go to sit and relax and listen to the Thrive TV show or watch the <laughs> TV show while you're sitting there waiting or perhaps just be a little more calm and prepared, perhaps think over what's your intention for this meeting or this event or whatever it is that you're getting ready to head into rather than coming in, sliding in the door, rushed and late and apologising. It could be all those things. And also, Lauren, the other thing, and it leads to my last little point, is um, that often we, we think we need to get these things done before we go out the door, but the reality is, especially these days with phones, Many of us have got emails on our phones and things like that. We can actually, whether it's emails, whether it's work, whether it's sitting quietly, um, sometimes I will actually have a little power nap if I'm nice and early for things. Quite frequently I will do that. But whatever it is, um, do it when you get to the other end. That fits in with, uh, um, don't do the one last thing. But the fourth point that I really want to share is don't, do email like don't let email dominate your world and in this specific point is don't do email first thing in the day mm -hmm. now this will be controversial for some people listening in that feel like you know and they and i'm actually part of the club hi <laughs> my name's lauren and i am addicted to email what do you say to those of us that feel that we want to or perhaps even because of our roles we feel we have to check email first thing in the day now, it depends what your role is as to how soon in the day you do it. It may be that it might be the second or third thing. Some people will say, well, coffee's first. <laughs> <laughs> if it's coffee, cool. I mean, you know, I've got my Contigo mode here. I'm all good to go. <laughs> but it's, it is also, it's, even if you have to do email early in the day, let it the first thing in the day be look at your planner, look at your diary, think about what it is you want to do. If, however, there are, and there are a lot of people that don't need to look at email first thing in the day, it might not be till um, an hour into your working day, whenever that time is. It might be two hours in. When I'm writing a book or working on a big project, I will often not look at email until lunchtime. Sometimes I won't look at it all day. And I might just do it at the very end of the day. Um, 
but it very much depends on what your role is and what you're currently working on at the time. The other thing, if you do really need to check it and you don't want to be distracted later on, because, and this is something I, I suggest to my corporate clients often, is actually, again, use the power of the phone if you've got email on it and have a quick review of it so that you can have a peace of mind that there's nothing really critical that's life-shattering or um, really vital. Turn back, if you're doing that and you've got it synchronised between your mobile and your computer, turn it back to unread so it doesn't get lost. So that's um, a little trick. But that quick glance at the phone, you're not going to get stuck into a great big, long, complicated email, usually on your phone, doing the pick, pick, pick with the finger. Um, you've set your mind at rest, and then you know that you can get on for at least an hour or two with your regular routine without the earth stopping, basically. Absolutely. I think that's it. It's that peace of mind. I think that's it for me. I, when I, if I do allow myself to check email, which is usually after my nine o'clock, so my workday starts at 6.15, I normally do an hour in the morning before my children wake and then I focus on getting them out the door and ready and off to school and then I come back in and usually it's at 9 o'clock when the rest of the world is, or the rest of New Zealand is awake and working that I like to check my email but I'll tend to put on a timer and give myself 7 minutes to check it, to clear okay. it, get it done and, and I also use Graham Alcott system which is the, he's the get your inbox to zero ninja. Mm -hmm. He's got a great little, very short little book that explains how to always keep your inbox at zero. And, and so I use that approach to then file away anything that might take longer than seven minutes. But usually I can clear the bulk of my emails and then get focused into my next priority task, coming back to your top priority list. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, we could, the thing with emails, it just takes us off onto other people's priorities, isn't it? That's the, that's the problem, and that's why I say don't let it be the very first thing in the day because you'll spend then your day really um, focusing on other people's priorities instead of your own. Mm -hmm. um, there's always going to be exceptions, but uh, generally speaking, learn to manage it or it will manage you. Yes, another example that, that you'll be interested in, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but Brice, my host brother from when I lived in France, he's taken over a family manufacturing business. And he is so disciplined. I was really impressed when he explained to me how he deals with his emails. He says that basically every email I respond to the following day. Like if you email me today, <clears throat> I'm not going to get back to you till tomorrow. But all of his staff, all of his salespeople, all of his clients, they know this about him. So what he does is first thing in the morning, he actually comes in and checks his email. He responds to all his emails, takes him about an hour, an hour and a half, and then he shuts his email down for the whole rest of the day and he doesn't look at it again until the next day. And sometimes right. salespeople will be like, oh, but I need you to respond to this email. And they say, well, if it's really urgent, you'll phone me and we'll have a discussion and we'll, we'll get the action moving that you need. But he once had one of his clients or one of his staff members saying, but it was really urgent. And Bruce turned around his laptop and he said, but look at my inbox. Every single item in this inbox was flagged as urgent and important. You know, that little, little flag. So I just thought that's not necessarily the way that everyone wants to work and not what I'm saying everyone should do and it's not what I do. But it was just a radical way to think of how you manage your inbox and how you manage your email. And he's got his under control, but he just does it at this one window and he's communicated with everyone else that that's how he does it so that they also and, and I think that's the key point, actually, Lauren, is that um, another little my, one of my one-liners is we educate the people around us how to treat us. 
and what Brees has done, and he learned that from his father, because I remember having the conversation with Jean-Michel. Uh, he may have had a slightly different technique, but I know he did not let email dominate his working day. Um, but the, um, if we are educated, what Brees has done there is that he's taught his staff and his customers that he won't reply during that time. You could easily, anybody can put a little, um, like a PS on your email signature saying, I action my email X number of times a day or at a certain time or whatever it is. If you need me for anything in between those times or more urgently, please phone, blah, 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 and you give whatever number is appropriate. Yeah, I think that's perfect because you're just setting boundaries, you're being clear, you're setting expectations. Let's just say people will always treat you the way that you allow them to treat you. So you just yes, we teach them how. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. So, Robin, just to, to wrap up, I know there is such a wealth of knowledge that you have. You have got nine books, you've got so many resources on your website. Where is it that people can head if they want to find out more about you? Let's just remind them. From, uh, uh, the, the big source is gettingagrip.com and you've got um, a very comprehensive blog, lots of articles there for people. You're very welcome to um, use them as long as I'm uh, given attribution as to the source, obviously. Um, heaps of materials there. The All my books are now, oh, and that's where the free report is, How to Master Time, so do make sure you get a hold of that. That will put you onto my um, ongoing information, which of course you can unsubscribe from at any time. The other thing is that all my books are now, I'm happy to say, in Amazon as well. All been updated in the last um, 12 months. It's been a huge mammoth job. Yes, so, and just on that, just so that listeners know, Robin has just been such an expert in this area. In her first book, Getting a Grip on Time, first didn't even have any mention of email because email did not exist in that time. So it's just been revamped this year. And I know it's been a huge project for you to do that, Robin. So I really recommend people head to Amazon and equip themselves, get the whole bundle, because the knowledge that she shares, it is timeless, but it has also just been brought up to speed with modern technology. So this is the latest and greatest for you to find out. Oh, thank you, you master the things in her book, it will exponentially improve the quality of your life. I will just make one correction. Email was around, but we weren't using it commercially. When oh, I okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm going too far back. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> well, the books are not that old. I am. <laughs> but they, um, the, yeah, it was written in 95, published in 96, the first edition. The new edition has got an extra word in it. It's getting a grip on time management because it's better for search engine optimization. <laughs> but oh, the, the other place that all the books can easily be seen is I've uh, got a different website. Uh, just called robinpierce.com. It's a very short, little, simple book website, and it's just lots of books there. And as I get them into other places, you'll be able to find that that, will, that website will take you to where all the other places are as well. If you don't use Kindle or Amazon. Great. So, Robin, if I invite you just to finish off with one final piece of advice for people that are listening in, perhaps that are struggling with their time, feeling overwhelmed, feeling busy, and caught up in the rush. What would you say is the best place to start or one final tip that you'd like to share? I would say don't stress it. Like, life is short. At, my, at the, the stage of life that I'm at now, I realise how there's been times when I've been so focused on being so fantastic at, at my work and putting everybody else first that sometimes I've not put myself in the right priority order and I've sometimes 
pushed my beautiful family to one side because I had to go and work with clients and things like that as well. So uh, um, if you're a parent, the dust doesn't matter. Um, the, don't worry too much about the social media. That will always be there. But spend the time loving your family, loving your friends, loving yourself, and just enjoy life. That's beautiful. Spend time loving your family, loving your friends, loving yourself. That's where it all starts, isn't it? And oh, yes. That's all we can each do, isn't it? Yes. And, and always remember it's energy management. So use the ener your energy as a filter and it will guide you to how to allocate your time. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I just feel like there are so many offshoots and we could just continue talking. Oh, yeah. Really encourage people to go and check out your website and, and do connect in. Rowan has got literally hundreds of articles there that you can tap through into. Oh, yes, literally. Mm. Right, thank you so much, Robin, for your time. Really appreciate all of your wisdom and everything you've got to share and the great stories. So thank you to everyone for tuning in. That's been another episode of The Thrive TV Show. Thank you for listening to The Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons. Visit thrivetvshow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode.